In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, since you never fail to help and govern those whom you nurture in your steadfast fear and love, work in us a perpetual fear and love of your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the second Sunday after Trinity is from the book of the Proverbs, the ninth chapter. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her meat. She has mixed her wine. She has also furnished her table. She has sent out her maidens. She cries out from the highest places of the city, Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. As for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, Come, eat of my bread, and drink of the wine I have mixed. Forsake foolishness and live, and go in the way of understanding. He who corrects a scoffer gets shame for himself, and he who rebukes a wicked man only harms himself. Do not correct a scoffer, lest he hate you. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will still be wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. This is the word of the Lord. In my distress I cried to the Lord, and he heard me. Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. The epistle is from the first letter of St. John, the third chapter. Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 14th chapter. Now when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then he said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord 
began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I am going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded, and still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. This is the Gospel of the Lord. We confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church, I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. There still is room, his house is not yet filled. Not all the guests are there. Oh, bring them in, their hunger shall be stilled. With bread, yea, bread to spare. Go call them from the lanes and byways, from winding roads and crowded highways. There is still room, there still is room. 
There still is time, the master's voice still rings, and all his heralds bleed. Oh, hide beneath the covert of his wings against the time of need. The gracious call is still extended. The day of grace is not yet ended. There still is time. There still is time. Now is the time. How fast the moments fly. How soon each hour is gone. Ye virgins hear and heed the midnight cry. Look for the break of dawn. The bridegroom comes, prepare to greet him. Rise, trim your lamps, go out to meet him. Now is the time, now is the time. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then he said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. And another said, I have brought five yoke of oxen, and I am going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. This is the word of the Lord. Narrow is the way, and small the door that leads to eternal life. Jesus cannot afford to be a nice guy or a goody two-shoes. He must be blunt, and he is. He cannot beat around the bush, so he does not. He must preach against the wide way and the gaping door that lead to death. That is not popular, because the wide way is a comfortable way. Nobody likes having their comforts removed, their opinions deemed worthless, and their intellect called foolish. But that is what Jesus does. He preaches repentance, the turning away from the things of the world and the turning toward the invitation extended by God. The devil, the world, and the flesh are all three at odds with God. Therefore, repentance 
and the message of salvation wrought by God, not by man, brings a sword because it is foolishness to man. But it is a special kind of foolishness because it is a foolishness that neither jokes nor jests while it condemns what the world and the flesh hold dear. In the wake of the ascension and the event of Pentecost, the church lives eternally in the call from that parable, Come, for all things are now ready. And it really is a call, not an invitation. This distinction matters because of the very command of the master to his servant. A certain man gave a great supper and invited many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. Notice who it is to whom the servant goes to those who had already been invited. This call is not the first time these people are hearing about the great wedding feast. If it were, their excuses could certainly be understandable. After all, who can commit to attending a wedding celebration when the first you hear of it is the day of, at the time of? No, this call is the gathering call. It is the fulfillment of something long expected and something long foreknown. Those to whom the servant goes are those who have already been invited and who have already themselves committed to attending. The call is to those who have RSVP'd to the banquet in advance. That for which you have been waiting, and to which you have invited, and to which you have affirmed your presence, is now ready for you, says the servant. But at these words, all those who had made the commitment back out. They all, with one accord, began to make excuses. This is the deep reason the master becomes so angry by their requests to be excused, which really is a request to be released from the weight, the burden, the responsibility of having accepted his invitation. The master has prepared a feast, paid for a celebration, to accommodate all who had been invited and who had said, Yes, now they say, no. All is ready. And only when the money has been spent do they back out. Now, what once would have been a gift to them that they might enjoy becomes debt to be repaid. That is the condemnation against those who would not come. I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. Woe to them that bear the weight of the invitation and who yet 
refuse to bear it, who offer up their own excuses and expect the master to honor them graciously. He will not. That is the sword that Jesus wields, the sword he comes to bring by his own admission, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God in all its truth and purity, and it will make knights of the noble, but ribbons of the haughty. Blessed indeed are those who eat bread in the kingdom of God, as the one exclaims at the banquet. But to eat that blessed bread and to be made blessed by it means that you actually must be brought into the kingdom of God. You must enter in to eat the bread of that place. There is no second-hand bread consumption. There is no in-the-doorway wedding celebration. There is no feasting on the front step. You are either in or you are out. You either permit the master of the house to love you and graciously receive his hospitality, or you reject it. And in rejecting his hospitality, you reject him. Many are called but few are chosen. That is to say, many are invited, but few bear the weight of responsibility associated with accepting the invitation. You have already received, by God's grace, that great invitation to the wedding banquet with the words, Do you desire to be baptized? If you said yes, either with your own mouth or with the mouths of your sponsors, your RSVP has been collected. You are brought in. You are in Christ, waiting with the whole church for that final call to go out at long last. Everybody is ready. Everything is prepared. Drop what you are doing and come further up and further in to the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom. Your RSVP is also confirmed with the question, do you intend to continue steadfast in this confession and holy Catholic and apostolic church and to suffer all, even death, rather than to fall away from it? If you said, I do by the grace of God, you have doubled down on your RSVP. You have been confirmed. The master expects you. The bridegroom looks forward to celebrating with you. So it is that you find yourselves Christians. You find yourselves having been invited and now bearing the weight of that invitation, the responsibility to plan your life according to the fulfillment of the invitation and not your own desires. The apostate in word or in deed are those who would attempt to consider what life would be like if they were not Christians, 
even though they are by nature. They shirk the duties of the RSVP. They try to shrug off the weight of that invitation that is unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your perspective, not easily removed, meaning not at all. They are to be pitied. They are to be loved. They are to be prayed for. They are to be encouraged that they might put their feet back on the way and re-acknowledge the body that they have been made a part of. The faithful, in contrast, accept this weight and bear the burden of it to the best of their ability, striving always to do better and rejoicing in the steadfast love and mercy of their God. The faithful do not live in theory or in the abstract, but in the concrete. They act upon the rules given them until the master's call goes out to them to attend the banquet. If there should be any impediment to you Christians in heeding that call, cut it down. For Christ's swordly message cuts deeply, repeatedly in the Gospels. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and who, he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. And again, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. If your possessions so burden you that you ask to be excused, sell them all and give the money to the poor so that you are free from that burden to heed the call of the master. If your husband or wife or your children or your grandchildren or any other relation stops you from dwelling in wisdom's house, bring them along or leave them behind so that Christ is your first love and his call the one you are most open to heeding. If your schedule is so busy that you find yourself unable to eat as a family, pray together as a family, or even worship regularly together as a family, cut something out. When activities compete with the Lord's work, it is activities that should fall by the wayside, not the Lord. Leave the oxen and the plowing of the field for another day. They will certainly keep. In this way, you make yourself ready to do what you have been made to do and what you have confessed you will do, which is that you say, Amen, yes, Lord, when he comes calling. That is the way of wisdom. That is the way of Jesus, the way to the banquet, the way of life. Take care of the invitation 
and remember that you have committed to it. Let that knowledge form everything that you are and everything you choose to do. And, of course, come to Wisdom's house. For the bread and the wine that she offers you here will afford you the strength to do just that. Amen. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in our Lord Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. For the Spirit of God to remain with his Church, to defend and protect her from adversity, to preserve her from heresy and schism, and to be the breath of divine bellows that stokes the fire of faith and pure confession, let us pray to the Lord. For the people of Christendom, for all organizations and institutions of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, for God's good and gracious will to direct our way forward, for the Lutheran Women's Missionary League, the proceedings of her convention, and all who travel to attend, and for all Christians, that they would remain faithful amidst every assault of the world, even unto death, let us pray to the Lord. For noble and upright men of faith and valor, for husbands, that they would be each one the priest of his own household, for Christian fathers in will and in body, and for the faith and pious practice of all Christian men and women, let us pray to the Lord. For this country and all within her who serve to govern and to rule, for those who strive to preserve and uphold law and good order, for those who defend this country and her people, for kindness and compassion among the peoples and for concord among all nations, let us pray to the Lord. For deliverance from every sin, error, evil, discord, and strife, for an end to violence, war, bloodshed, sedition, and rebellion, for the work of God to chasten and to heal, for the conversion of the pagans and the return of the apostate, for the destruction of the proud and the upright and blessing to the meek, and for eyes to see and hearts to receive the love of God, let us pray to the Lord. For all enemies and persecutors of the faith, for mercy to the sinful, for provision to the innocent, the widow, the orphan, the homeless, the abused, and the needy, and for the comforter to heal the downtrodden, raise up the brokenhearted, and dispel the poisons of resentment, hatred, and scorn among the people of God, bringing in their place unity in love. Let us pray to the Lord. For the healing touch of Christ as the Spirit so delivers, for the preservation of the body against all trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity. For our brethren David, Shirley, Shannon, Tanya, Earlene, Russ, Gail, Mary, Gary, and Abigail. For comfort to those who mourn, and in thanksgiving for all new life and bodily preservation in the new hope of our Lord's return, let us pray to the Lord. 
Almighty Father, everlasting God and Lord, we sing with tongues of angels that you are holy. Though we cannot now comprehend you, grant us to know you. Though we cannot now see you, grant us to see your work. Though we cannot now gaze into the depths of your mind and will, grant us to gaze into the depths of your love. For you have given us your only begotten Son and his Holy Spirit, that through them we would be united to you, even as we are pilgrims in this life. Joined to Christ, let us be branches of one vine, united in the spirit of peace, love, joy, and compassion, and bearing these fruits as a living body, held together by the bonds of Christ's own flesh and blood. Just as this bread is gathered together from countless scattered grains and the wine from many grapes, so may your church be gathered together from the ends of the earth into your kingdom by this same Jesus Christ our Lord, who now lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. 